Let me add my welcome to everyone this wonderful Christmas Eve. Uh, it's, a, it's been a real pleasure this year to be able to uh, invite the youth and the young adults to, uh, to take charge of this service and have a real place in planning it and bringing it all together. And I know I've been very blessed by what they've done so far. And I'm looking forward to what else is left. But they've asked me to just share a few words with everybody on Christ being a light in the darkness, the light of the world. And we all know that light is good and darkness is bad. And if we didn't know that, then it's reinforced to us in uh, the movies that we watch. Uh, the, the play, or the skit that they put on reminded us of the, the light side and the dark side. And we know who the good guys are. They're the light side. I mean, that, or about half of the Marvel villains that are, are decked out all in black so that you can know that they're the baddie. Now, that, that does fall apart when you get to things like Black Panther, of course, who's a goodie. But generally speaking, we see a lot of things. Light is good. Darkness is bad. But let me ask you, who has ever had someone turn a light on on them in the middle of the night when your eyes are adjusted to the darkness? Is, is that a nice feeling? Is that a pleasant experience? And that is what the Bible says that Christmas is to us. A spotlight shining suddenly in the darkness. I want to pick out just a couple of highlights from the verses that Mitch read for us at the start of the service. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And from John uh, chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. This light that appeared was not some extraterrestrial beam of light. It was not some spotlight or a torch or even a lightsaber. It was a person. And we see this again in those verses in Isaiah 9. For Just after talking about this light that was coming for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteous from that time on and forever. And we read that it was the word a name that John uses for Jesus. The Word became flesh. The eternal Son of God became human like us, although perhaps not 100% like us. He was fully human in every way, but that he did not sin. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. At the birth of Jesus Christ, a light has come into our world. A light like these little ones we're holding before us, but so much more. Not a nice, gentle light, 
a sudden, brilliant light, a light that pierces the darkness, a light that reveals things that can't be seen in the darkness, including all the things that we would prefer couldn't be seen, the darkness within each of us. Now, when he was older, Jesus, no longer the baby in the manger, but the teacher in Galilee, he spoke about himself being this sort of light. This is what he said of himself. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The light reveals to us what we truly look like, the way we really are. In the darkness, I can, uh, I can think that I'm still the young adult that I used to be, that I should be having a part in this service. But then the light comes on and I see how high the hairline is getting and all of the other things. And that's just the stuff on the outside. That's not to mention the ugliness inside. Now, I could stand here and I could list all of the sins that we could have done. But each of us, we know the things that still come into our mind in the middle of the night when we can't get to sleep. The things that we're most ashamed of, the things that we least want in the light. Going into the light can be extremely terrifying but it can be immensely liberating, immensely free. In each of us is a part that is afraid of the light, as Jesus said. The darkness fears the light. And any of the things we're ashamed of might come into the light. What would people think if they knew all of the things I'd done when no one was looking? All of the things I'd said in the heat of the moment. All of the things I'd thought just for a moment. As long as we try to hide these things, try to bury them, they have a hold on us. They have a way of defining us. They have a way of coming back to us on those nights when we can't get to sleep. But in coming into the light is the freedom to stop hiding, to let go of guilt and shame. The good news of Christmas, which is what Jesus said shortly after those words he said about this light, him being this light. Jesus has come not to condemn the world, but to save the world. In him is life. To everyone who receive him is the right to become children of God. When we come into the light, he embraces us, warts, high hairlines and all. Coming into the light doesn't mean we need to shout all of our sins from the rooftops. Coming into the light makes us face up to our sins with no excuses. It's our act of coming to God, the one who is the light, knowing our need, knowing that God is not lucky to have us, 
but it's that, that it's the other way around. It requires us to face up to the reality we are sinners and we can't do it all on our own. But it gives us the freedom to not have to do it all on our own, to not have to be enough on our own. It gives us the freedom to trust that he is good enough for us because that's why Jesus came. He who was without sin became sin for us that in him we might become the righteousness of God. His light might drive out the darkness in us and make us a light to the world around us. The light of the world has come. A startling, blinding, sometimes uncomfortable light. And we each have a choice to come into the freedom of the light or to choose the darkness. Choose light. Choose life. Choose the one who accepts you no matter how many blemishes appear when you step into that light. Choose the eternal love of the one who gave his life for you. Choose to let go of guilt and shame. To come into the light and say, I need a saviour. I can't do it on my own. If you say that to him in faith, if you say that to Jesus trusting that he can save you, can give you all that he has promised, he will hear, he will hear you and his light will begin to shine in you. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And we pray that you will help us to come into your light no matter what it means for us. We pray that you will help us to trust in you and in your promise that you love us. That you invite us into our light, into your light, not because you think we'll be perfect, but because you, we, you know that you can forgive, you can make right all the darkness and blemishes within us. That you have already done all that needed to be done through your cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.